Ding dong, the bastard's gone. What a week. How are you, Dale and Emma? Um, yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> it was a good. Yeah. It was a good day yesterday. But wait, how much are we going to talk about politics here, or should we just? Oh, we're not. I was. I was just alluding to. You've gone into it. I was just going to leave it. People <laughs> yeah. can imagine what. This is not a political. Imagine podcast. what I was talking about. I wasn't talking about anything in particular, to be honest. Ah, okay. Um, yes. In a, so then, in life, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, good. I'm good. Very warm today. Another heat wave coming. How are you dealing with that, Emma? I'm doing okay. I'm kind of in like a cupboard room right now, so mm-hmm. the temperature's Ooh. climbing. I can feel it, yeah. but. I'm ready. What's I'm ready the ventilation? Don't know. What's the ventilation situation in that box room? Oh, it's not good. Non-existent. <laughs> it's there not is none. Good. <laughs> Same in my room. People don't know how we suffer. Like an hour plus, windows closed for the audio quality. No fans on because the audio quality. God, it's an hour of sweltering uh, greenhouse effect. <laughs> uh, Sorry, are you saying yeah. we've got having a tough life here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I just people need to know what we put into this. It's um, worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Quite literally, well, no blood, but there's sweat and sometimes tears, depending yeah. on who loses the endless search. Um, this week, we're doing a little uh, Stranger Things podcast. But don't worry if you haven't watched Stranger Things, because for the first 90% of the podcast, we're not going to spoil any of it. And we've got some fun things kind of around Stranger Things in the A's, so it's not just all about the show. So, yeah, maybe stay tuned. But if you're into Stranger Things, oh, you're going to love this, I think. We've got a few little... <laughs> feature ideas we're going to go through and just have a bit of have a bit of fun with it basically um like i said we're going to go full into season four spoilers right at the end of the podcast after we've gone through some feedback but yeah we're gonna have some first some spoiler three thoughts what did uh everyone think of season four i personally really really liked it me too i thought it was really good um i liked how the whole season feels like a bit more mature I like mm-hmm. how they got sort of scary a lot quicker. They got sort of into the horror like right away. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I really like the the progression for some of the characters as well. It definitely felt like the one since season one that was plotted out the best. Mm-hmm. Like it felt very concise. Like they had a clear idea of where everyone, and you, you can tell that they're writing for, you know, they've got one more season left and they're writing, you know, a full conclusion here. And it definitely felt like they had a, had a clear path and I thought it was despite the length of some episodes which initially sounded like really daunting I felt like it absolutely like justified the majority of that the majority of it yeah, yeah. there's some bits that linger but I, I didn't think overall it was longer than it needed to be too much mm-hmm. I think the one thing that makes this series this season of Strange Things so good it's the first time we've really had like a proper villain who speaks and is actually like mm. a proper antagonist. Like you can put a face and a voice to the villain, whereas before it's just been like a big monster that you don't, re- all you know is it's kind of, you know, it's there to destroy some things yeah. and kill like, you know, whereas this, like I think having a strong villain is so good. Obviously we are not going to spoil anything about that villain, yeah. but um, like, yeah, just like their motives made sense. Like they actually had a good backstory and just like, it just, you know, it's been said a lot, but it's just got heavy, like Nightmare in Elm Street and yeah. Hellraiser feelings to this season. I think that's what made it extra good. It's the first time they went kind of proper horror with it. Mm-hmm. I do think it's um, telling that, you know, the first season obviously was all about the Demogorgon. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third was, even though it was Mind Flayer stuff, it was Billy was like the focus as a villain. So yeah. you're kind of in the same way as 
this villain. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's season two, like massively suffers because of that. Because what even was the villain? Like, I know it's a mind flare. But, I like, can't remember a lot about it. All I remember is uh, Sean Astin having a horrible time. Yeah. Like, season two yeah. is the only season I really didn't enjoy. I almost didn't watch season three because of how bad yes, I thought two I was. Yeah. I liked one. I really liked three as well, actually. Yeah. I know that was a bit more divisive. But yeah, I think four is now my favourite season. Like, it just actually does a lot with the characters that mm. other seasons kind of alluded to but they properly like give each character kind of their moment in this one yeah. i feel not all of them i may add we'll get into that i point. do like um this is not spoilery I, th I think to say but i do think they've done an excellent job this season of really justifying the seasons whereas mm. like previously it felt like season two was just like oh well this is successful let's make more even though that was self-contained but now it feels like it's all coming together as one big package uh, yeah I'm really definitely impressed with that. Yeah. I think it's way more focused, like you said, and I think having a villain that it, like they feel way more personal this time around. Mm -hmm. Like the villain is uh, really, really scary to begin with. It's not just like this entity that's kind of in the background, which is a thing. Like the problem that I had more with season two yeah. is that yeah, it's like oh, there's something scary, but it's like kind of far away working in the background. This mm -hmm. is way more in your face. Well, this time you understand the motivations of the villain as opposed to previous seasons where, like Cardi said, it was more like. Just a, just a faceless threat, a, really. Yeah. Uh, the, just a goal to destroy for no reason yeah. or no something you couldn't understand. Mm -hmm. you know? I by I no means think it's a perfect show. I do think they suffer from having a too big of a cast at times, which means they have mm -hmm. to split them up, and then it means ultimately it's always going to be the way some story threads are just far less interesting than others. Like my favorite bits are just when it's a group of the kids or teenagers in Hawkins trying to solve a mystery yeah. like investigating stuff those are my favourite bits like with all the stuff of like Nancy and Robin and Steve and Dustin like they're my favourite like group yes. I think and then like you've got like largely I think they actually do it well in this series like actually make the Eleven stuff come together and actually feel part of the whole story and make sense in this world because like for the, I was worried I was just like I don't want to keep cutting away to the Eleven stuff because yeah. it didn't interest I me agree. but yeah. I feel they did a good job bringing that together um yeah, I just really enjoyed it overall. I thought they did a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. And I know this is something that maybe bugged you in earlier seasons, Dale. Not too heavy on yes. like the, oh, we're in the 80s. Uh, I think it was season two was the one that was particularly yeah. egregious with that, where it was just like, it was There's like the 80s threw up all over it. It was <laughs> like, yeah, even starting off with like them dressing up as the Ghostbusters for Halloween. And then I remember there's mm. a couple of episodes around there where it was just so obnoxious. Um, but yeah, now it's like, the 80s is a time period, but it's not the driving force behind its yeah. visual identity, you know? And they use it sparingly and effectively, especially in the music, which I'm sure even if you haven't been watching Strange Things, you will see they've used Kate Bush and Metallica songs, which I'm not considering spoilers because they're just songs being yeah. used in the show. And it's been, you wouldn't be able to avoid them. We're going to have a little feature based on those later, which could be a little mm -hmm. bit of fun. But I thought, unless anyone's got any more initial thoughts, I thought we'd go on to our first little feature bit, which is going to be ranking our top 10 cast members. Mm. Has anyone got any thoughts? Uh, I've got loads of thoughts, but let's save them for the spoiler chat, I think. Save, ooh, yeah, let's ooh, do that. what a tease. <laughs> um, so how we've done this is, basically, I made a big old spreadsheet for everyone um, of 18 different, like, we'd consider lead Stranger Things characters. And not only did me, Emma and Dale did it, but also Matt, Alex and Joe did it, which is means we've got a consensus here of everyone's top ten Stranger Things characters over the whole of the series. Um, and it's got some interesting results. I'm the only person who knows the results of these, I must say. So it's going to be a reveal for Dale and Emma. Um, 
I found this really interesting because a lot of people are kind of in unison, but there's one or two people have completely different views on Uh-oh. the characters. And I'm going to highlight this just with one. I'm not going to spoil the top 10. There's one character that didn't make the top 10 that I think is very interesting. Basically, in almost, I think, everyone, apart from one, they were in the bottom three. But Emma, your number one character is Will. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you love Will so much? Because... I'd, I I find him just a bit of a wet blanket, personally. Yeah. But um, yeah, he was in everyone's bottom three, but he's your number one character. Why really? did you love Will? He 17th. was number <laughs> he number 15th overall out of 18th. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, let's definitely talk about this. Okay. He's like the catalyst for like the entire start of the show. And yeah, then, but like... all he did was get captured. He didn't have to do anything. <laughs> but he, yeah, do but... you know what, though? Like, here's, here's a good comparison point. You know the Hangover films... There's the, the guy, he's Justin Barther. He's the guy who disappears, and it's yeah. about the the real story is about the crew trying to find him. Like, so to me, he's not he's he's more the MacGuffin than the main character. You know, I really like his character because I feel like yeah, he was he was important in the first season because he's the the one that went missing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then since then, he's been having like a really tough time with his like connection with the Upside Down. Uh, I just think I think the character's great as well. And in this season, like without spoiling it too much, we get to learn a bit more about him as a person. Yeah. Um, and how he's feeling, which I think is really cool. Um, one thing that I I kind of understand why some people might not think of him as like one of their favorite characters is because I think he's definitely like mm-hmm. underutilized. He is a really good character that doesn't get enough airtime. But saying that, I still think he is a brilliant character because he does. He is the connection with the Upside Down. I feel like that is so important. He's also, he's just a sweet guy. I think Mm. it's interesting to see how the other characters have like grown up through the seasons. And you kind of get the feeling with him, like he missed out on some time with his friends. And now he sort of feels like he's left behind, um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting. I feel like, I just, I feel bad for him. I genuinely feel really bad for him because like everyone else is kind of able to move on with their life um, a little bit. And you kind of, you'll see that a bit through the seasons, whereas he's still very much stuck in like this horrible Mm -hmm. place because of where he's been. He is quite a lonely boy. It's it's a very good reason. I understand where you're coming from now. I just, I just also just think that the kid's quite a bad actor, but there you go. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's he's probably one of the worst ones. Um, he's great. We've actually got a piece of feedback which is saving to the spoiler section all about Will, actually, so we can go more into Will later. But that was a great defence for Will. It was a good opening statement. We'll, um, yeah. we'll, we'll come back to that later, Emma, but I don't want that to ruin the rest of the podcast for you, that everyone else doesn't <laughs> like Will. It's good. No, it's good. I like it. I hope I we guess, get some arguments about this. Well, like, I guess it's what, it. what was your personal criteria? I know the word, you know, best, what does that mean? And for me, my judging criteria was which one, what do I, who do I enjoy watching the most? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I, I find Will interesting, but I don't know if I ever really enjoyed watching him. Like, I can't think of any of his scenes where I'm like, that was thrilling or that was interesting or entertaining that much. That's know? fair. I kind of, I don't know how I did. I just did, yeah, by which characters. I don't know. Yeah. A combination of which one's the most fun, but also which ones have a good arc, I think. Right. Which one's... I don't know, just to make sure of everything. I mean, we can get into it if you want. Um, oh, I do. Want for us, I've got open some sheets. Maybe you guys, can you guys get your I've own I've got my own one open, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just sure. so I don't have to open about 17 different uh, documents would be ideal. I say 17, it would be three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to say he hasn't made the top 10, but I can tell you at number 10, coming in hot 
from his uh, starring role in season four is the man himself, Vecna, oh, the cool. villain. Yeah. Um, again, we're not going to spoil anything about the show, but yeah, just a very good villain, I thought. Um, what did you guys think? Oh, of I, I scored Vecna 10 as well, so it's oh, exactly what is... I thought. Um, I, I guess the thing is, I feel like if we've had a few more seasons of Vecna, he might have gone higher up in my list mm-hmm. um, because I really enjoyed him in this season. But he, for me, because of the fact that he's only been in one season compared to all this other cast member, that sort of defaulted him down to 10 for me. Yeah. So I had him. I didn't realise I did have him this. I had him at number five. Um, oh, I, blimey. Basically, the way I looked at it was he, the villain made this season so good. That's and true. By far the strongest villain they've had in the show. Vill- I often always lean towards like villains or anti-villains in like my favourite like things I watch anyway. Like They're my favourite characters. Right. So... I just thought it was just, without spoiling again, anything to do with that character, I just thought the performance was just surprisingly very good. Um, mm-hmm. And just, yeah, I just, I just like the way he looked as well, like proper, like, dream walkery from yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, just big into again, it. This, is, this is hard to do without spoiling. I'm not gonna, <laughs> but I'm not going to spoil it, I promise. Um, but I really liked with him that we found out more about him when I wasn't mm. expecting that at all. Because yeah. with Stranger Things villains, you don't expect to find out about their history. You know, you just ex- you just look at them and think they are a being from another place. They're a scary monster. But mm-hmm. what was super cool about him was finding out his motivation, his history. And yeah, he was fantastic. Like he really like pulled the- this season together. But he was just in this one season. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually ranked Vecna fourth. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I okay. kind of agree with Cardi. Like I think... Mm. The villain really makes this season. But yeah, like, Dale, you make a really good point of, like, I like that even though he was only in one season, we got to learn way more about him than Mm. we have learned about any other villain. And to be honest, like, this is the one you'd want to learn more about because it is, like, he does have more of a personality than any of the villains we've seen in this show so far. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I just, I love that um, every time, like, he turns up, that just, like, dong sound effect of the clock. It's just a very good sound effect. It's very creepy. Like... Uh, yeah, I just said I love the dong. There you go. Uh, you heard it here first. Um, number nine. Should we move on? Yeah. Again, someone I actually had quite high up. This is, in fact, at number nine, my second favourite character. Oh, wow. Um, it's Robin. Oh, okay. I just think Robin's a great character, not only because... I just think Maya Hawke's amazing, and you know you're gonna if you're the son of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman, you've got a lot going for you, mm-hmm. which is always good. Um, but yeah, I just really like her character. I feel like the arc they've gone on with her character, and I just like having fun around yeah. Maya Hawke's character. Um, I don't know, keep calling her Maya Hawke. It's Robin. Just, <laughs> just really like that's my favorite group, especially in season three. I just really liked whenever they were doing like the investigative stuff with the Russian stuff in the ice cream shop. Basically, like her and Steve's dynamic. I'm just really into there. Whenever they're together, you know you're gonna. I feel like they have the best chemistry. Like they've got all the snappy one-liners, but because they're also a bit older, yeah. they're not as childish. The one-liners they're actually quite smart, and mm-hmm. I just really like her investigation. And I just like how she kind of just she joined the cast relatively late, like in season three, and it's like kind of jumped in and fit in perfectly. I just, I just think Robin's a great. Do you not character. think I do? I do like her a lot, and I really enjoyed her yeah. in this season. But I, I guess my negatives towards her are she did feel a bit shoehorned into the crew. In the like, and by default last season, but it made sense because she worked with Steve. But then this mm-hmm. season, she's just gone and got another job with Steve. Like their best. I, I quite liked her dynamic. Like, see, I quite liked the way her and Nancy 
ended up getting along in this one. Yeah. Um, I think she's a much stronger character than Nancy, personally. I would say um, maybe she's a bit gimmicky like um she's kind of got her way and she's always like she's always like that even despite the circumstance and sometimes that didn't ring necessarily true to me however i'm nitpicking here i do think she's a really good character and i really enjoyed watching her. and i did debate i put a 12 but i did debate like whether she should go higher yeah. or not she's only not second for me which is again i didn't realize to put it that high but yeah just thought she was great uh what do you think about robin emma i also had a 12 Oh, there we go. So oh. Oh, when I was looking I at this I definitely bumped her up there into the top 10. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It. Initially, I was like, oh, does Robin make my top 10? And she was in like my first draft of top 10. <laughs> and then I sort of sat and thought about it. And I was like, actually, like 12 feels about right for me. I do really like her. I, I, mm-hmm. And I really, really like her relationship with Steve. I think they bounce off each other really well. And I like how... They kind of seem to bring the best out of each other. Mm. And, you know, like they encourage each other and like that's really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like oh, kind of like Dale was saying, there's points where her reaction to things aren't like quite what you would expect. Like in a serious moment, she's still like really, really like kind of She's always upbeat. on. She's always yeah. being that character despite the circumstances and it doesn't feel like there's I'm, a flexibility. I feel like, see, maybe I'm the opposite. Whenever, yeah, she's on screen, it's like, oh, we're going to have a fun scene. But yeah, I mean but that's I yeah, that's nice. It, it, in this show, you definitely need characters who are going to bring some of that fun because the rest of it is can be quite scary and also sometimes quite sad as well. So like, just, it's uh, nice that you have that. I just think compared to another cat, I'm not going to say who because they're one of my well, they are my topic. Um, but the, um, this other character can be like that, but also when serious moments happen, they can flip the switch. And be like, mm-hmm. okay, now this is a serious and we have to take it a different approach and a different performance where I think Robin is kind of always the same all the way through it. Um, again, nitpicking. I think I think beyond um, Brenner, <laughs> by the way, I'm just going to say it, beyond him, I think they're all like really good characters. And this is a really tough thing to choose. Yeah, no one likes Papa. Yeah. I can excuse you. A real Papa is not making the top ten. <laughs> I think everyone had him bottom, apart from Joe, had him like 15th. Didn't think he's the worst character. So, okay. Yeah. There you go. Joe loves Papa. Um, <laughs> Fifteen doesn't love him. Um, but I just like the uh, scenes in the video shop in this one as well. That was a good way of me of like placing it in the eighties, having a few references sure, yeah. of like Doctor Shivago stuff. But yeah, not really driving it home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Robin very much. Um, that means next we've got ooh, number eight. It's your boy Eddie. Ooh, Eddie Monson's okay. come in. He's made a big impact in season four. Yeah. Um, I just loved his character arc in this season and you know I, I i can i think he's just very relatable to a lot of people like you know mm-hmm. an outsider especially like the whole satanic panic thing i'm not saying i relate to that but you know seen lots of things about it in the 80s it's just like i don't know i just i liked that his character had like the same with vecna like it was a new character that wasn't just there for the sake of it they had proper mm. like plot points they served the story but also had their own narrative arc as well and i just thought i just thought he was basically very fun to be like when he first appeared you could he was bordering on oh is this too much is he going to be annoying but they didn't go on with that shtick for long i think that actually mellowed very quickly sure. which i enjoyed i think for me eddie from again this is like we're not going to spoil i'm not going to spoil i promise <laughs> but, <laughs> it's quite easy to not i'm spoil so it. worried there but like okay from episode two onwards i think eddie is a great character um mm. and 
again, I guess he went, so he was, where is he on my list? 11th. So I guess he was that position for me for the same thing with Vecna. Like he was a one season character um, mm. and maybe hasn't has the legacy that some of the other characters has. But um, I think the first episode really, like I wasn't into it because he felt like the kids were worshipping him but he didn't deserve that worship. You know, he felt almost mm -hmm. like a bully, but they were talking about mm -hmm. him. They were lording him up and it didn't make sense to me. However, mm -hmm. yeah, as soon as an incident happens with him, um, I think it changed completely. And he had a great arc. I thought he was a fantastic actor as well. I thought, yeah, really I, mean, yeah I had him. I have him as high as six in my ranking. I just oh. thought, fair enough, he's only been there for a season. But just made such a Cardi, good impact. You've got I think. such a recency bias on your. On it's your not list. recency <laughs> bias. It's just who I think. I just think they've got better as the show has gone, mm -hmm. introducing and making better characters. Frankly, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I spoil like yeah. A lot of the original cast, I don't. I think half of them they've done some good stuff with her, but half half of them they've just like been like. Oh, I agree. We don't really know what to do with yeah. them now. Mm -hmm. I think uh, yeah with new characters that they introduce they definitely spend a good amount of time like trying to get you like to get to know them and like them and sure. stuff and sometimes that's at the detriment of characters that have been in it for a few seasons already um mm -hmm. but yeah i really liked eddie as well he was number nine for me so he did make it into my top 10 um and yeah i had kind of a similar like reaction to him in the first episode where when i first met him i was like i'm not sure about you like i wasn't sure if he worked necessarily with like the kids mm -hmm. because he was like a bit older and stuff and it was just like you are running in two different kind of dynamics here yeah um but the more you get to know him like he really does win you over i think i, I guess i could mm -hmm. say like as a positive for that first episode is you know, he comes in hot with a chip on his shoulder, but then they justify why he has that chip on his shoulder, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, perhaps first impressions aren't the best, but they really, really, like, do a great job of telling a story with him. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, yeah, a good, like, merger of Billy and Steve in a way. But, mm. uh, yeah, I, I liked him a lot. He's sweet. Uh, and he plays guitar, which is just really cool as well. Like, already you're <laughs> yeah, winning points that, for that. Yeah. Yeah, if you okay. that's if you if, if you want to be in Emma's good books, learn the guitar. So that yeah. means she likes automatically likes Dale yeah. more than me. <laughs> um, uh, number seven, we've got Lucas. Oh, okay. uh, he was number eight for me, so it's pretty much around where I had him. I think he's just been a good solid character the whole way through. I think they've got better and better at doing stuff with him. Um, I liked the kind of how they open season four is that he's kind of away from the group a little bit. But they kind of, you know, in in the way they have to like bring him around. Um, it's just, yeah. And I would just think his and Max's relationship is arguably one of the strongest, if not the strongest, in the whole series. I just like how that kind of more than one time now has kind of brought them through some tough yeah. situations. Yeah, I'm just, I just think Lucas is, and I think he's quite a good actor, the young man. Yeah, I agree. So there you go. He's very um, good. He's like. For me, the core of, of this show from the very beginning has been uh, Mike, Dustin and Lucas, right? Mm -hmm. That's the core, the core like, linchpin of the group. Like Will, it definitely feels like the outsider in that situation because... Yeah, no one likes Will. It's, again, it's like the hangover, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you look at the three, the, the core of the three that is, it was all centralised yeah. on. Um, I, I think he's probably the worst out of those three, but I definitely think he's still part of that core heart of the show that's been there so for me i put in five because of that um mm -hmm. i definitely thought and i definitely think this season he is one of the main characters that they said okay let's not just have them let's not have them be like nancy and jonathan who are just sort of 
trickling along. Whereas Luke mm. is like, no, let's try something different that actually creates some sort it's of kind drama. Of a bit of an in betweener. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <coughs> Whoa. My voice went for a second. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed um, what they did within this season, especially in the first half of the season. It was really interesting to see him on the other side of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I really like that about him. I also, he was in my top 10 too. He was number eight for me. Um, and yeah, I think season three into season four with Lucas, like that's really been his like time to shine. Like you've learned way more about him. Like you said, he's really, really good with Max as well. And yeah, I like how this season starts off and how he's sort of not quite where you're expecting him to be. And you're sort of like, what, what are you doing over there? What's going on? Like, <laughs> um, And yeah, I like how how his journey I'm trying not to spoil anything how his journey (laughs) through like uh season four is just he takes a very different path Mm -hmm. to the other characters and I like Mm -hmm. that he gets to have that time on his own you know he has some good emotional beats as well and he's good in those moments as well I think so Mm -hmm. yeah big into uh big into Lucas the lad (laughs) who do you think is number six oh I wonder Oh, there's going to be some big names not on this list and some ones that are yeah. probably higher than they well, should Well, I'm just be. looking at my list now and I was like, they're not all going to make it. What's Who's missing? Oh, there yeah. are some that aren't going to make it. I can yeah. guarantee that. At number six, confusingly, we have 11. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not saying confusingly because she, she should be higher or lower, just because it's the numbers. Mm. If you got that, brilliant joke, wasn't it? Um, wasn't even a joke. Let's move <laughs> Stop on. Stop explaining 11. it. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven should be the best character in this show, right? Should She's be. the one that yes. leads everything, yeah. is the catalyst for everything. I know, you, I mean, you said Will is also, yeah, Emma and uh, Emma, no, Eleven and uh, Will are like the two, you know, that start this whole thing, really. I, for the long, do you know what? This season is the season I've liked Eleven the most. Okay. Um, I feel like she's had the most to do. She's actually, I understood a lot more about her and her powers like obviously that's a big part of this show is the fact that she's we don't really i still don't fully understand what she is she's like a super human like <laughs> thing yeah, like i'm not sure exactly magical in some way yeah but she has some <laughs> fantastic moments in this i think like some of the best action scenes i i'm not the biggest millie bobby brown fan in the world but i actually think in this season she's very good um she has some great moments especially when faced with the villain of the show um but yeah i just yeah i just i'm in a weird place of 11 because i feel like i ranked her i did rank her seven in the end not because i necessarily like i said when they for the majority when they cut away to her scenes because sometimes she's like she's away from the fun bits like i'm like oh it's a little bit of a drag but also she's so integral to the show and especially this season that i did ultimately get fairly high in my life she's like I think she's a character of two halves for me. Like I think when she is, when she is ET, when she is a fish out of water, you know, mm-hmm. I think she's a great character, and they have bits of that at the start of the season. I think yeah. she's a really interesting character, like tr- a girl who just wants to be a regular kid but has all this baggage and all the you know these superpowers that she has to keep under wraps. I think that's super interesting and fun to watch when it's all in a military base. And her being lauded as a superhero, I find it less interesting. Um, I, th- I think she can be quite dull in those occasions. Like, I think one of my favourite scenes with her is in season three at the start when her and Max are in the shopping mall and then they're mm-hmm. dumping their boyfriends and stuff like that. And I was like, it's just watching her have a good time and be and be a fun young girl who he said, secretly he said has his bringing her down. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. Yes, um, <laughs> but I understand why story-wise. Obviously, it has to be that. 
But for me, she's, um, I think season one is her best season. Uh, season two was by far her worst season, I think, for, for everybody, pretty much. Um, so I think she, because she's a bit of a uh, half and half character, I, I put her number nine for that. It felt like she's important enough where she's up there. But also there's too many moments where I just didn't find her that interesting. Yeah, like I said, I think she's important. I don't necessarily enjoy the scene she's in, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they are important to the story. Yeah, I um, think, yeah, I prefer it when she's more human. I think when she's sort of doing her stuff with her powers and stuff, she kind of, she feels like inaccessible almost as a character yeah. because it's like you're you're beyond everyone else. You're doing something completely different and like I can't, I don't really feel like I can feel anything about you because you don't really get her as a person then you're just getting her as like this vessel for like making cool things happen sure. um whereas yeah when she's more of a human and you actually get to know what it's like for her to be you know living every day trying to be normal um yeah. I feel like I can like relate to her more mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah definitely I found like the uh, it happens at the end of season three so it's not a spoiler but the stripping away of her powers felt a bit contrived in the fact that just almost like to create a sense of um, drama for her, like she's becoming unstoppable sort of thing. Um, I would have preferred, I think, at the start of season four to see her dealing with these situations and having her powers, but not being able to use them because she doesn't want to expose herself. Yeah, like trying to control them and try and keep her cool when she's in these annoying situations at school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah, I agree. Uh, good character not necessarily the most fun one yeah um number five we've got alex's number one character at number five Ooh. his favorite i feel like i'm a bit of a party peeper on this character because i had him down at 13 what um, are you gonna say yeah it's murray oh okay right. i like murray i have him at 13 that doesn't mean i don't like him i just I get the shtick. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Joe's gonna have a moment with me because I know uh, what's the name of the actor who plays Murray because he's a big fan uh, yes. of the actor. And I do I do like the actor and he's very good in Fleabag, but he just kind of does play the same character in absolutely everything. I agree um, with that. I agree with that, but I do <laughs> think this Gelman, is his best it. version of it. Yeah, I get that. And to be fair, I did come around on him a bit more, especially in the last couple of episodes of this series, because he has some just ridiculous moments yeah. <laughs> which which are very enjoyable. Um I just Brett Gelman. I yeah. I I think I liked him actually in season three more. I felt like maybe I brought him down a bit in this ranking just because I wasn't a fan of the stuff him and Joyce that that whole adventure they went on in season four. I was just like I didn't really. I wasn't into it. Not, I felt like time is moving so slowly. But do you not like, think get he? Me back. Imagine he wasn't in that stuff. Like That's I feel true. like he kept that stuff alive. You know. Yeah. Like all the. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're still, they're, he's a fan of karate and that side of things yeah. I think so it, really kept the fun in, he is in good situation. comic relief yeah. but I feel like maybe I've done my ranking more on looking at it ultimately done it more on who has the best character arcs yeah and he doesn't really have an arc no he's, he's kind, kind of he's the guy he's the go-to he's hapless, guy yeah he's the guy they yeah. need in situations exactly. but i do think he brings a light-hearted humor to it that especially in the gravitas of some of those situations is definitely needed but it's not yeah. coming from joyce or hopper they're not bringing the funny you moments you know and he's, he's kind of the opposite of 11 to me i suppose like i have fun ways on screen but i know nothing really important's gonna yeah. happen whereas <laughs> 11 i'm like important things can happen but i'm not gonna have much fun um, I did. But, yeah. I scored Murray three, and I'm looking at it and I think maybe that was too high. But I did. Re- I think it's that's a recency bias because I really enjoyed him in this season because he felt like he kept that half of the story 
alive, like really he kept fun. Kept it moving because yeah. he's he's when you need something, he's like a really smart guy. He like if you, mm. for example, like he can speak Russian right, which helps yeah. with some stuff. And like I I really like him. I put him second in my ranking. He's like because equal parts really smart and also really dom that's right like he's like, a bit of a clown yeah he, he brings well. like silliness which i think is nice and i feel like you need it um especially like you said when he's around like joyce and stuff like the stuff she's doing is quite serious so yeah. it's really nice yeah. to have that balance um but yeah he's also incredibly useful when it comes to like certain things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like a bit of a party people I, I do enjoy him <laughs> i mean he but, still scored know. pretty high on the list really didn't he so. i don't yeah, because of Alex. He, exactly, he's got yeah, and Emma, that top two, top twos there. So mm. there is Murray Love out there. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's a good bit of fun. I just don't think he's a great character as such. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's good comic relief. Um, number four, we're getting to the big dogs Ooh. now. Ooh. Number four, and I can exclusively reveal this is Joe Scrabble's number one character. Oh, uh, wow. Four. Um. One yet again, I feel like I'm letting the team down because I've been way down at eleven, <laughs> which I don't know. I've, I have reasons for this. It's Hopper. Oh, okay. At number four. Okay. I have him down at eleven. Uh, maybe that's a bit harsh, but I feel a lot of it. I feel like we can we can spoil season three, right? Is that okay? I think so, yeah. It's been a long time. There's yeah. been trailers. People have seen yeah. that he's back in this season. I feel like he should have died at the end of season three and that would have been a huge emotional moment and it had a great impact on everyone. Um, and I, I feel like they've undone that. a lot of that yeah. by him coming back. And I, I don't get me wrong, it's kind of it's worth it for some payoffs you get in season four. But still I'm like it did kind of take away Sacrifice. massive parts of the stakes of this yeah. show to me. Um, I think that's yeah. one of the main issues with the show is they're not willing to make those moments like they, they go back on those moments like the huge mm-hmm. sacrifices they should mean something and count for something and when you revert back to that person still being alive it chi- kind of like zaps a bit away from that yeah um, I do I think in the first couple of seasons season three Hopper is fantastic I am do you know what? 11 on my list probably is harsh. Yeah, it's harsh, it again. Come on. Because um, he, he does have some great moments and him and Levin is a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah, I feel like season four just... he he He's kind of a different character in season four and it didn't quite work for me. And I feel like, like you're saying, Dale, there is a bit of recency bias with my list, but I just like, I don't know, like, I just wanted... Do you not think... I wanted him dead. No. <laughs> um, <I don't> <laughs> Do you know, I think he's like one of the characters that has grown the most over the course of the show. So I suppose the majority of the cast that have been around since the first episode have, but mm-hmm. um, except for Will. Um, <laughs> but with Hopper, it's um, like... Will. <laughs> but do you remember what Hopper was like in the first episode? He was a very cynical, like depressed policeman, right? Mm-hmm. And the... the like, look at him then, who would not even dream of believing all this stuff about the Upside Down. And now yeah. look at what he was doing in season four. And it's just like how far he's come and how far he is yeah. doing what he needs to do to help the kids instead of looking, dismissing the kids, you know? Looking at my list now, I would have him... I would move him up two spots. I will say that wouldn't affect the whole overall ranking yeah. by the point system I've devised. I mean, but, um, I had him at still seven. be number four. I think, I think, I think four well, overall is a yeah. good place for him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I agree definitely he should have stayed 
dead at the end of season three. <laughs> like, like, but I really like him. So he was like 10 for me. So he, he just made it in. Um, I really like him as a character. And like when season three ended, I was like, oh no, like I can't believe like, you know, he's mm-hmm. gone, like what's happening? And like, you know, I was excited, like, oh yeah, hoping like, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, that he'll come back and stuff. And, uh, but now having seen season four, like in retrospect, it's like, no, actually it would have kind of been cooler if he had yeah, just like, stayed dead. And then you've got that memory of him. Like, exactly. like you said, his character changes and he is a bit of a different person in this mm-hmm. season. And I feel like I I love the old version of him and I kind of want exactly. that to remain like intact. Mm-hmm. A whole character can leave in a story is sometimes as effective as like the being there. Like yeah. if like... Like I'm going to spoil Endgame if anyone's not seen Marvel's Avengers Endgame. If Iron Man, if Tony Stark had not made that sacrifice at the end, his character arc would not have been anywhere near as satisfying. Like him making that almost sacrifice and not coming back. That is what makes his story so good. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I feel like they should have done that with Hopper. I know why they haven't, but at the same time, I don't know. I mean, Marvel are guilty of that shit as well. Yeah, like, and I did see like there was an interview with the Duffer Brothers where they were defending their like they don't like to like cut off, kill off a lot of characters. That they said like we're not in Westeros. This is a different show. Like yeah. we're doing our own thing, which I, they're, they're doing their own thing. And to be fair, they, they've done a very good job with this show. I'm not going to criticize them the, for that, but I do feel like this is one where, or at least, yeah, just it's, well, when it's we're on the like, we're on the final stretch, I feel like. Those sacrifices can mean a lot more when you followed those characters for a long time. They definitely yeah. is definitely a show where they introduce characters every season to kill off, mm-hmm. and I feel like so if you every, you can do that, but every now and again, if you killed off a main cast member, it would mean yeah. a bit more. I was Mix yeah, without spoiling yeah. anything, I was expecting yeah some more some more death. Yeah. Um, I'm still just confused by the whole what Russia's doing in this show. Anyway, I'm still not quite sure what yeah is going on with all that. But anyway, Hopper at Thor. Thor. Hopper is not Thor. He is at four. Um, it's a good place. Before you do the, th- the top three, do you want to do a yes. recap, maybe? Let's do a little recap. So at yeah. 10, we've got Vecna. Nine, we've got Robin. Eddie at eight. Seven for Lucas. Six, we have 11. Five, Murray. And four, Hopper. Um, all clear points there. I will say, third place on their own. We do have a tie Uh-oh. at number one, one and two. Oh, okay. But Ooh. we'll get there when we get there. Maybe because we will make a definitive decision between us by arguing. Yeah, I'd also, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. At number three, we have my number four. <laughs> Dramatic pause. It's Max. Oh, I Yay. think Max is a fantastic character. Um, and especially in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Sadie Sink is arguably the best actor in the whole series. Um, well, I've definitely too hard about definitely it. Definitely one of good. the best, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Um, season three, she was fantastic. Season four, she's also fantastic, but playing a completely different character. Really, yeah. she's like a different version of that character completely, but still pulls it off. Um, has like it's already kind of yeah. It's, been done to death clipped out to death the moment she has the best moments in this show by far she is given the most to do i'd say in this in this series um and she just pulls it off the biggest i yeah go on the biggest compliment i can give her i think is the fact that she not only is a good character but she elevates other characters she elevated lucas she elevated billy as well Mm -hmm. like her her 
um, relationships with those two characters in particular and 11 actually in and season 11. three yeah. yeah like really sort of bring something out of those characters as well because of the emotional weight and like the baggage that she comes with and it's connected to mm-hmm. yeah she's fantastic um i don't know it's weird for someone a character i like so much i don't have too much to say apart from i just think because you don't want to spoil her, but she's also just yeah she's got just great moments like the Kate Bush moment, which even if you don't watch Strange Things, you know that Kate Bush went to number one with um, yeah. running up that hill. Like it's just a fantastic scene. Like, and yeah, I just she was just yeah, I was just surprised by how good she was in this series. What anything, and again, probably recency bias. But I would say she's been in it for a while, though. I think one thing that's really cool about Max is that she came in later than all the other kids, but she's become such a core part of that group and she carries so much just on her own. And I think that's really impressive to do, even when you're kind of late to the party. Well, coming Mm -hmm. in, she came in in the worst season and she came into a very core dynamic that people loved. And they introduced this new character in there. They were calling her Mad Max. She was like, you know, a rebel (laughs) when she came in and to perfectly almost immediately fit in and be accepted by the audience is like a feat in mm. its own i know obviously she, a lot of that's down to writing but it's also down to her performance and how she portrays yeah. the character she's had to basically she's played the same character in three seasons but three very different versions of those characters and i think she's pulled all of them off amazing mm. basically sadie sinks at number three on the list not max <laughs> like, yeah fantastic stuff um right it's the tie for one and two I'm very concerned that one of my and top the ones is one not and two in the top is ten. my is my number one and three. Okay, so okay. I'm I'm not disappointed. Um, Emma, one of these is going to be. I think Dale is going to be quite angry. As I mean, basically, Emma, you're the reason one of these hasn't won. Is what we're saying here. Okay, yeah. all right, yes. And um, <laughs> and I think you know where this is going. Do you know what? It's some it's somehow fitting. I think somewhat fitting even that they are tied for one and two because mm-hmm. they kind of do at heart. I think belong together. Oh, right. It's Dustin and Steve. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Dustin. Yeah, are you, you for so real? Where do you have Dustin <laughs> on your list, Emma? Dustin is 14th on my list. What? Wow. Yeah. What? Uh, what wait, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big Dustin fan. Where did you say Will was? One. Will was one what? for me. <laughs> you Swap them around. Yeah. Do you know which character's which? Yeah. <laughs> Dustin is my number one by far. Dustin it was, was the easiest pick. What Basically, do you love so much about Dustin? He is the pure heart of this show, right? He, he, like what I referred to earlier about this character, that what I wanted Robin to be, that can switch in a situation. He can be, the, he's the funniest character in the show, but then he can go to being the, the emotional. Like there was a scene with Dustin towards the end of this season, season four, that was like the most emotionally impactful scene by far. And it's down to his performance. He can be the clown and he can mm-hmm. be the emotion. He is a range of it all. Everybody in that show loves him everyone in the world like is it uh, apart from you emma <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone loves him um i think i think he's the beating heart of the show like the the little kid that came in with with the teeth and now mm-hmm. look and now he's evolved into being like one of the like true heroes of the show if, well. if you've forgotten the never-ending story yeah thing, uh emma i just find him kind of like i get it he he is really useful 
He comes Jesus. up with all like he, he he's an, he's an ideas boy, isn't he? Like he has all the good ideas, and he like he works things out like magically or like. Put, he's the beating you know, heart of the team. Yeah, he uses his Dungeons and Dragons. I think nerd Dale experience. sees a lot of himself in De- in Dustin, and you're kind of basically saying now why you don't like Dale. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. Uh, we'll Dale. discuss I, this in our next review, Emma. Yeah, in our one to one. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of find Dustin a bit annoying. And I, I found him see... annoying as a kid, and I feel like I can't get away from that as he's got older. Mm. I've I think I've gone the opposite way. Maybe in season one, I was a, I was a little bit like this kid's a little too much, maybe. Oh, I loved him. But I've grown to love him. Yeah. I I think Dustin's fantastic, and they kind of do go away from it because Dustin has more relationship with Eddie than Steve in this series. But like I just like how he's kind of like I can rel- I don't know if anyone else is like this. Like when you were younger, like I did always have like friends at school that were in above years if you know what i mean mm. like i was always hanging out kind of with slightly older kids and that was like i don't know i see myself i think again see myself in dustin that maybe yeah i don't know i just it's just very fun yeah like and, I, like i didn't even mention his relationship with steve which was like one of the fa- my favorite dynamics yeah. of the show because in season one you would have never put those two together mm-hmm. and the fact that they make it feel believable and then also like heartwarming to watch it was a fantasy, and then they do it again with Eddie as well in this season. Um, he mm-hmm. like he elevated Eddie for me as well. Yeah, um, they were a great together. I, I think he's like the beating heart of the show, um, yeah. personally. But I, I did have him at three because at one I did have Steve. I think yeah. I think Steve's just you know if the I don't know he's just it's just a cool. So guy. Steve is my number two think, as well. I think they come as a pair. You know, yeah. very much those two. But like he's done like. And like you said, in season one, he's a completely different character. He has had a great arc and like he's still cool, but at the same time, very nice. He could easily be a dick, but he's not. I did find a couple of moments. I thought he was great in this season, but I did find a couple of moments a little bit corny with him. Um, But he like the, the evolution he's had like in the audience's eye as well. Yeah. It's like been fantastic. And I think he's a he's a great actor as well. I think mm-hmm. he will go on to do a lot bigger and cooler yeah. things as I well. just think he's at the heart of a lot of the best dynamics like that him and Dustin him and Robin like yeah. that when they're there like he is on screen with someone like he actually says good back and forth I will say I think something you were alluding to just this whole love triangle with him Nancy and Jonathan like like so as you can notice Nancy and Jonathan nowhere near our top 10 yeah. um, <laughs> I like them as well they made it into my top 10 Really? Okay. I don't mind Nan- Nancy was 10 for me. Jonathan, though, I think it's an utter wet blanket. I don't understand. I, I, what, what's Nancy seeing in Emma? What's, what, what's she seeing? I think Jonathan's really <laughs> sweet. I think he's had a really rough time with his family. Like, mm-hmm. his... Those buyers, boys. You love a pity party, don't you? Uh, <laughs> no, but they've had a tough time. Like, you know, like, single parent. Like, their dad wasn't great. I like Joyce. She was number and nine for me. Joyce is good. But I think Jonathan, I think... What was cool about him is like in the first season, I think they kind of tried to make him a little bit almost like creepy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he's come a long way. And I feel like in the new season, especially, he is, even though he's maybe not in it as much as you'd hope, and he kind of feels like a bit removed by what he's doing. I mm-hmm. understand why he is the way he is in this season. And I also think like he is a really. He's he's a good brother and a good like role model for Will as I well. I just in season four, I just that whole subplot with that he 
Mike, Will, and I know you want to give a little brief shout out to Argyle Bell, <laughs> who is an utter toilet character. <laughs> no. But you oh, explain. God, amazing. Do you know what with Argyle? I like that actor. I've seen him in quite a few things. He's in books. He's good in book smart. He's, in he's just playing this. He's playing that yeah, character uh, though. In this, it doesn't work. But also, here's here's my point. Um, so Jonathan, what you just said about Jonathan Emma is I, I massively disagree with. I don't think he's changed <laughs> at all. Like I get in the first season he was the creeper right but with but with a misunderstood creeper basically right he did he didn't yeah. mean to be that way he was just coming across that way he was a nervous guy i think he's still exactly the same he's still an awkward guy who's sort of he yeah he him and nancy got together because of circumstance more than anything uh, because that situation's kind of brought them together and now he's like it's almost like he's clinging on because he refuses to grow up and refuses to change um that's that's his story in its own. I just don't think think it's that interesting story. But I do think Argyle like brought some element of fun out of him <laughs> at least. Um, and I guess Argyle was the character. I understand he's dumb, right? But he's in that situation. He was in the situation where everyone was super po faced and serious all the time about it, and he was just the guy who was like, "Come on." Just lighten up. He was also the proxy for the audience in that situation as well. Like asking the questions this we much, would ask. Talking this <laughs> no, much about exactly. Argyle. He didn't even make it onto the 18 shortlist that I said we could vote from. That's how little I thought of Argyle. Can I, can, I will counterpoint with Argyle having potentially one of the dumbest things that people have said in the show. Um, <laughs> I, I, looking back on it, I realise it's probably not as bad as I thought, but at the moment it really pissed me off. And this is, <laughs> okay, maybe you could count this as a spoiler. It's not. It's just something he said in a scene, right? Um, Argyle said this he said guys come check this shit out and they say what is it and he says you gotta see it to believe it and they all walk up there what was it some tyre tracks on the floor <laughs> tell me say tyre tracks it's fine I will believe you I will believe that and that's why Argyle is <laughs> he is toilet. like really high though at, the po- at that point right so but <laughs> come on his character is maybe he's a walking bong I, I, I really like him because kind of like Murray I feel like he is the comic relief and he does have but, like without spoiling it yeah, he, you have he, to be funny to he be has comic an, relief he has some important moments <laughs> in season 4 Okay. It might Import, uh, he did feel like yeah, he, yeah pretty Im- I mean we'll talk about it in the spoiler bit I like him but I do think he <laughs> deep in on our goal in the spoiler <laughs> I do so. think he was yeah. shoehorned in to be to keep those sections light yeah you know mm-hmm can I say um, one more thing about the whole Dustin Steve <laughs> yeah 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 we, we've we've really sidetracked <laughs> yeah. so. he's not anywhere near the top <laughs> so with Dustin you were saying like oh um he works really we well with Eddie. Him. He yeah, works yeah, really yeah. well with Steve. Yeah. I, I just find it irritating. But I think those <laughs> characters, both Eddie and Steve, I really like. Steve made it into my um, top 10. So did Eddie. I feel like they elevate him Bullshit. more than he elevates them. <laughs> right? And especially Steve, because they've obviously had like a longer relationship where they've become like better friends over time and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like... I don't know. I'm I'm really trying to understand why. Like, so everyone Dustin, loves Dustin. Dustin is Basically. always the the generator, right? He's always he's always the guy that pushes them to the next step, but he does it with mm-hmm. a cheeky smile every time. He's it? like he's he's the best of both worlds. He's he's yeah. he's the driver, but he's also the clown. You know, if it wasn't for Emma, Dustin would have won by an absolute landslide. I will say that um, <laughs> he was amazing. in he's in like the top three and four of everyone else. I love you um, doubling down on it, Emma. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, get the, the charm. Yeah. I feel like he just doesn't have it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I model myself on Dustin's well, so I am charmless. <laughs> um, I will go through who didn't make it because there, there's maybe some surprises. There is here. one big surprise for me. I'm, okay. I want to say it. Erica, what the fuck, guys? Okay. I had a high. <laughs> yeah. I had a fairly high. Um, okay, yeah, I had we'll... I had her 11 and I I really like Erica. I had her 12, I to be like... fair, I didn't have a high. <laughs> <laughs> the show kind of treats her as a side character, which sure. is kind of mean, really, because... I mean, she's she never is. like the first choice for anything and we see that in this season it's like she comes into it because of like you know lucas not being available for something basically it's like oh yeah, yeah we'll just ask his younger sister and it's like mm-hmm. that's that's not really fair i feel like she's a good character but i feel like they truly treat her as like still being kind of extra and outside of the Do group a bit i think that's what makes her funny though because she is amazing at everything she does. She always nails it, but they never go to her. She's always a last resort. And then, but when they come to her as a last resort, she's always comes with the attitude of why haven't you come to me sooner sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. And she always nails it. And yet despite, even especially in the early seasons, how she was so small and young, but she had so much yeah. attitude and confidence. She's she's good to bring in like yeah. for cameos just to yeah, have a great moment. I, I do like her. Mm-hmm. At 12, I mean, she's, I don't think she's bad. There's only one character that I ranked in the top 10 that didn't make it into the top 10. And that's Joyce, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not too worried. I, I just like, I like Winona Ryder. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised um, Mike didn't make it higher in people's lists. So yeah, he's, I'll go through lists. So at rock bottom, by quite a distance, is Papa. <laughs> I don't know, in hindsight, I don't know why I add Papa to the list. Papa, his name's Dr. Brenner. <laughs> uh, Papa, it's Papa. I don't know why I even put him on the list. He never had a chance. 17 is Billy. I thought more people would maybe be into Billy. Mm. Um, My thing with Billy, it, I think, I, is like, we saw him in a different season and like mm. I, I can't say it. I think it's a bit spoilery. Maybe I shouldn't. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like we see versions of him, even with like yeah. the Mind Flayer stuff in uh season three, where it's like it's not necessarily actually him. I know what you mean. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's you see his face, but the best it's not version really of him is not yeah. actually. I do think exactly. until Vecna came along, he was the best sort of like face of a villain we had in the show. But um yeah, I know what you mean. Um, then 16 we have Jonathan just fair enough yeah Mopey 15 <laughs> oh. Will utter wet blanket yeah. uh, no Haters. one likes him <laughs> uh, Will. 14th we had Erica um, then we had Mike at 13 Mike's a weird one isn't he because I feel like he should be and Finn Wolfhard's one of the mm. actors who's gone on to do more outside of Stranger Things from like the kids cast yeah but he doesn't have a lot to do in he, this season. Oh, I think that is recency, but like, yeah, he's very and like, sidelined. It didn't. There's a point in this series where, like, there's an emotional point where, like, they're they're basically saying to Will, like, "Oh, you are like the beating heart of all this." It's like, is he? No, Dustin what? is. Why? Dustin is. <laughs> but like, no, it's because yeah. he built the relationship with Eleven. I guess. I think it's because of yeah, like season one, yeah. he was kind of like, <clears throat> excuse me, like the star, right? He's like mm. the glue that holds everything together. He's like the leader of their group and stuff. And I feel like over time, he's definitely lost that and that's definitely yeah. why i put him I just, it was down. a disappointing series for him i thought maybe that's brought him down then 12 is joyce then 11 is nancy who's a weird one because i do like her but i just i just don't like the whole jonathan situation yeah. she's in she can make higher up my ranking if she got rid of jonathan in my opinion steve's there go for steve i don't like the love triangle it's been it should be resolved by now yeah, I, don't understand. I don't don't drag it out yeah. Just make a decision. Get and it obviously, done. the decision is not Jonathan. But it's such a weird love triangle because in the first <laughs> in the first season, like it was so obvious what she should do, and mm. like a Steve. But I can understand that Steve is probably a character that they've expanded upon 
due to his yeah. reaction, as opposed to they probably never had this intention for Steve to be, go this way. Um, mm -hmm. So it still feels weird to me every now and again to see the potential of those two, but think, well, remember what he was like in season one, though? He was a dickhead, do you? So, exactly. Yeah. Now he's changed. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, That's true. Does he That's deserve true. a second chance? Look at him now. Or oh, just neither of them. Yeah. Just neither <laughs> of them. Get rid of both. Um, just go to yeah. college and go and just <laughs> go to papa yeah. oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> don't do that <laughs> um anyway that was our rank of characters why not write in underscore uh underscore igen underscore uk feedback at igen.com let us know who your favorite strange thing character is and yeah if you also think will's not a terrible character let us know because i'm needs friends um, I don't think yeah, terrible please. is fair. Like I don't okay. think any of them are really. Even Doctor Brenner, it's not terrible. You don't think Papa? Yeah, it's, it's the Papa defense. Papa's if you've got Papa defense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just say, I just think they're. You know, we had to order them, and you know, yeah. they were they're all pretty good. It's a really good show. It's a really well written show, and you know, but some mm -hmm. we have to put up arguments for why some are better than others. Yeah. There we go. Um, we've got a couple of little fun little bits to do now before we get to end the search and feedback. Uh, little bit of stuff around strange things so you know in all these bedrooms in these shows you see loads of like 80s film posters tv posters i thought we'd we'd each pick if you were a, a teenager say you were 15 okay. when this show you were you were you were dustin or you were max or whoever what three three i can't even say three three 80s film posters would you have mm. on your wall and yeah, there can be different. It doesn't just have to be your three favorite '80s films. Like, I'll okay. go first. I've got mine. Mine's kind of easy because even in my bedroom now, I have two '80s film posters uh, <laughs> up. So two of them are picked for me. I have Blade Runner. Right. Uh, do you know? As back a teenager, then, though, though? people, people. Well, Blade Runner was a huge flop when yeah, it came exactly, out. Yeah. So, but I have it now, so I feel like I did have it as a teenager. So it would be against my own will sure. if, if I didn't pick Blade Runner and the other one is Aliens yeah I have I have a big old um Queen Zeno yeah uh, sure. on my wall my third one I'm going I've got I've got to do it. I've got to go Raiders of the Lost Ark okay I've got to have That's Harrison fair. Ford or more Harrison That's Ford fair. just because I say I wouldn't pick my top three 80s films they're like one two and four mm -hmm. of my favorite 80s films because of course I have my list this is why you want a list of 250 favorite films because you can easily see right what your favorite 80s films so are. but yeah mine's um well i've done two lists mainly because one I was, unlike you Greedy. two i was actually born in the 80s mm. <laughs> so, well, well done to you. no but the point is i was like you know <laughs> if, it, if we're talking late 80s i would have been like six or seven so i based the idea on what, what films from that era when i was that age were like the most impactful mm -hmm. to me what would i what was i obsessed with the most um and then the other one is if i was an adult because i think People say like, oh, when I was 15, I would choose this and they make decisions what they choose as an adult. And I was like, well, yeah. I know what I was like at 15. I was an idiot. <laughs> Different things. But anyway, uh, as a child, I think the three like most impactful 80s movies around the time, probably uh, Return of the Jedi was the one mm -hmm. film I watched the most as a kid. Uh, Ghostbusters as well. Like just absolutely yeah. obsessed with Ghostbusters and The Goonies, I think, are three mm -hmm. films for me as a kid. But as an adult, it'd be Back to Future Aliens and Spinal Tap. As I think, no, as influential films. Yeah, if I was a kid, I would probably go like, I would probably still go Razor Lost Ark. So I did watch that a lot as a mm -hmm. kid. Um, Back to the Future and ET, I'd probably yeah, go for, for if sure. I was a kid. But yeah, because ET, yeah, was the first film my mum always remembers 
when I I must have been like six or seven watching ET for the first time. She regretted it because I was just bawling my eyes out for <laughs> yes, like an hour yeah. afterwards. Like, that was the experience. <laughs> it was an awakening. Though. I needed yeah. it. Um, Emma, what have you gone for? Okay, so I kind of had two lists too because I thought like there are like you know the super popular ones that a lot of people might also pick. So my list for that would be Back to the Future, but two. Okay. Back to the Future two. Do you know what I think? Back to oh, do you know what they're tied for me? It's like, I always go which one do I prefer. But I feel like if you it's go fra- back, it changes and forward, all. Come on, that's why it's not <laughs> a good double. film. No, it's yeah. great. All right, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, um, super popular ones. And then I also pick some that are movies that I liked as a kid, even though I wasn't born in the eighties. They're eighties movies. Maybe you grew so. up with those films being around on television. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. So like, it works on it. So. Flight of the Navigator. Good I don't show. know if anyone else has seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah it's amazing. Sweet. I, I, I love that movie. They keep thinking about a remake, and I think it will happen. I mm. think it was that one. It's always that and the last Starfighter. They're always like, we should remake it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should leave it. <laughs> I haven't watched it for quite a while, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember watching that just. It's on Disney on Plus. I think. That's good. That's great. <laughs> um, maybe I need to rewatch that. Yeah, give it a go. Um, I always just think of the frisbee scenes. With yeah. The, with the dog. Um, um, I will. Yeah, go on. Carry on. Uh, my second one would be Poltergeist. I remember okay. watching that as a kid and being as a kid absolutely a... terrified yeah, at a same. sleepover. Yeah. Um, you would be. Yeah. <laughs> also, I feel like a post that would just be really cool and also creepy to have on your wall. That would be weird for a six-year-old to have a poltergeist poster <laughs> yeah. on the wall. Like, yeah, is it, it that that main that key art for the poltergeist yeah. is really cool, though, isn't it? That's a that would yeah. be a cool poster. That would look really mm-hmm. cool on the wall. And then my third one would be Scrooged because okay. I love that movie and I watched it every single year. That came out the It'd be the weirdest like seven-year-old of Scrooge and Poltergeist <laughs> posters. I thought that was the like... early nineties. Oh, Since eighty-eight, yeah, it was yeah, right yeah. at the end. Yeah, I always I think done of it as a nineties movie, but mm-hmm. yeah. It, that that's yeah. a great movie. Still, still good as well. I do like the idea of like, yeah, like um, this child having like it'd be like me having like a poster of the Elephant Man as a six year old. Like, that's just a great, yeah, piece just of a work. brilliant piece of cinema. Just, yeah, <laughs> Blue Velvet as well. <laughs> great eighties. <laughs> the Elephant Man is bizarre. really good. I want to watch that again. Yeah, it's good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, harrowing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, so that's some films we talked about there. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Um, next. Again, not really a spoiler. You've probably seen it if you don't watch Stranger Things. There's a big old Kate Bush moment in this, basically. Um, they play Running Up That Hill. It's Max's favourite song mm-hmm. when she's, what are they, like 16, roughly 16, 17? Yeah, I, I, I use 15 as my benchmark for okay. these things. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Basically, it's the song that if you were, say you're in a deep trance in the Upside Down, what is the song that you would hear that would bring you out of that? So it's basically... What is your favourite song? Effectively, what's what is going to bring you out? Um, I feel like have you also Dale done this? Uh, so one when you were fifteen, one now, or just uh, yes, one? one one as an actual fifteen year old, and I've been legitimate with it, and yeah. um, one what I think now would work. I don't know if okay. it's my favourite song, but it makes sense. Luckily, mine's the same for both because I have not aged, and my favourite <laughs> album is still the same one it was when I was fifteen. Okay, yeah. consistent. I'm the same as Dale, yeah. where I've got two. I've got a oh, teen well, one, got... and I've got a you go you go first this time, Emma. The new one. Okay, so I did it for when I was like 16, which would have been like 2000. And... Two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus. 2010, um, yeah. which would have been Lady Gaga's Bad Romance. Yeah. 
banger. So much. I learned the dance to it. That's a banging tune as well. That, yeah. I love that song. It was so good. Um, and to be honest, even if it comes on today, I'd still like sing along to it, to be fair. Um, nice. Just it. You'd all you have to hear is whoa, 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 and that's it. You're, and you're in. in. You're that's in. it. God, mine's, mine's exactly. so much too. So Bless you guys for picking songs people have heard. Of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what would be your one now, though, Emma? So my like today one would be a song by Coheed and Cambria called "A Favor House Atlantic." I don't think many people, well, they've got like quite a I decent know. following, I think. I don't know if you guys have heard mm-hmm. of their music. Very high pitched vocals. Yeah, yeah. Claudio has a great voice. It's, um, yeah, and I, I love that song. It's just, it's very comforting as a song. And I think that's a song I'd want if, um, which is kind of similar to what Max has, right? She like, she feels comfort mm-hmm. in that Kate Bush song. And I feel the same kind of thing. That song reminds me of sort of being at uni and like meeting my partner and like we'd hang out a lot. And I got into that. Like listening to Coheed and Cambria because of him. And so whenever I hear that song, it reminds mm-hmm. me of him. And I feel okay. like that's what they're I doing, need. They're doing a UK tour later this year with Thrice, who are one of my favourite bands when I was 15. So isn't that lovely? It all comes together. Um, Dale, what have you got? Your two. Right. So when, right. when I was 15... <laughs> you not picked one of the songs you wrote, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> when, I was fif- when I was 15, it was 1998, right? There was a big, there was a big event in 1998, and there was a song that was Spice everywhere World. on the radio all the time. <laughs> and I feel like I was like living that atmosphere at the time. So I think this is what I would want to hear, and it's Three Lions, 1998. <laughs> 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 that my uh, world, my in 1998, my world was video games and football and the lightning scene yeah and england and the world cup <laughs> and you know it was, it was the year when michael owen scored that incredible goal against argentina mm-hmm. it was it was that that was everywhere i feel like so i feel like that would be the song i'd want to hear at that point but it was around 15 was just before i started getting into like different types of music i was very much pop driven maybe like i like indie music and stuff but then around like 16 i started to change and like different stuff but definitely Three i think 15 rock awakening yeah basically well and rap awakening as well i remember eminem came out in 1999 that changed I thought the you game three lines is not a rap i thought you were three lines was a rap <laughs> um, uh, well we could have Frank had world Skinner. in motion and we get a bit of a rap in that that's fair that's even too that's too young for you um and in terms of the song for now i haven't chose my favorite song all the time because i think that's a bit boring answer I'd, i've chose one that makes the most sense a song that i like that makes lyrical sense for the situation and that's mm-hmm. get back by the beatles <laughs> Yeah, perfect yeah. I can imagine that just as you're, yeah, you're trying to wait. You see the the, the bass come in yeah. or the guitar, just the. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can feel that. That would fit the moment. I feel yes. quite well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great choice. Mm. That's just a banger, isn't it? Mm. So my one, I, I feel bad. That I've only picked one song now, but like I said, <laughs> it was my same. favorite album when I was 15. Favorite album now. Uh, okay, if you know it, oh, you'll love it. Um, it is. A song called Happiness by the Killer Watt by Alexis on Fire. Okay, I've heard oh, of the band, so but good. I don't know the song. Break, 
album Watch Out was out in 2004 so I was 12 when that came out but I only started really listening to it when I was like 14 probably but um, yeah my favourite album this is the final song on that album it kind of it fits in so many ways because not only is it one of my favourite songs the lyrics to the chorus are just the words wake wake up over okay. and over again so that, that that's makes what sense. you were talking about the other day we yeah. got like a hint before the podcast and Cardi <laughs> was saying like wake up and i was just thinking yeah evanescence well i thought time. it was going to be rage against the machine <laughs> that yeah. a lot of oh, them no. screaming wake up also work yeah um but also like that song the name of that song happiness by the kilowatt is like a quote from a sci-fi book by kurt vonnegut called the ufio question so there's sci-fi links oh, there's God. just it all works um <laughs> you've really thought about this i appreciate yeah. that yeah and do you know what it all fits because let's on fire released their first time in 13 years last week and it's absolutely incredible so there we go everyone listen to that um i'm gonna play clips i've played you already would have heard i'm saying i'm gonna play clips you've already just hear, heard clips of all those songs so there you go what would your that's a good piece of feedback what would your awakening song yeah. what is the one song that would bring you out of the deepest of all dreams and comas? and i think it's interesting just doing that when you were f- like 15 16 years yeah, yeah. old if it's embarrassing don't be ashamed just That's tell fine. us tell embrace us embrace it yeah well do you know what will be depressing is for some of our listeners that will be like last year yeah ign underscore you back at ign.com another quick one this is just more of a silly one i think there's also a moment where they like we said they play master of puppets by metallica fantastic song perfectly picked again mm-hmm. for this moment basically in the show I'm not gonna spoil it they use it as a big distraction yeah. thing so they want to distract loads of enemies so they play the song really loud what guys would, would you pick as the song that would just you can't ignore basically it would Ooh. bring the crowd in so i've got i've got two you've got two again so Me one down. come but on no but i've, 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 oh, I've two just got one yes though. exactly yeah. two reasons well, how many okay. two different yeah. reasons <laughs> one because the distraction i think it could go either way it could be something really annoying to get them, okay. get their attention, or crazy something they'd really like to get them up for it, and then be like, "Oh, let's go and listen to that." <laughs> Emma, you've gone for crazy frog. I have you? actually gone for crazy. Is that frog actually? Is mine? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good shout. To be fair, uh, yeah. Um, okay. My so, what's your? What was your uh, situation? Yeah, so mine was like, if I can just play it like really loud from like a, my phone or whatever. Am I now gonna have to play Crazy Frog in this podcast? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. crazy but because you cannot ignore that song and it whoever it is yeah. you're trying everyone to try yeah. you're, <laughs> you're just going to annoy them more even just thinking about it it's not going to lure them over though are they not going to be i've got to go check that out but it's yeah, more like, run away like, from I need it to smash up whichever speaker this <laughs> yeah, is yeah, yeah. it's like the most obnoxious <laughs> noise you can generate that comes yeah, to get so. them to come one stop the noise you know exactly exactly but, you said you said you're too what was yeah you my second song so if if i've got my guitar and I'm like, I'm shredding it mm-hmm. up, right? <laughs> Actually, you do it every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then I would want to go with uh, Beast and the Heart. It's going to be really fun to play, isn't it? Like, And it's just going to sound great as well. Okay. I never cracked Avenged Sevenfold. Never cracked him. So um, I hope... Great on Guitar Hero, so great Guitar Hero band. Um, but my, my my two in terms of, like I said, my obnoxious choice, like the Crazy Frog choice, is the most obnoxious song I can think of. Probably the song I fucking hate the most in life is Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing in the moonlight, everybody's 
I know why you don't like it. I, I think it's fairly inoffensive. Oh, I hate song. that song so much. <laughs> I could just. Well, I just it a cover. I was yeah, it's a cover, cover. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. like, what is the song that just winds me up the most? And that is the answer. Well, you've now got it played yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> oh crap! Um, and the other Didn't one, everybody. Oh, the alternative to that is, if I really want to get, I want the distraction to be like, I want them to bring them over to have a party because I'll love this song. It's mm. People Equal, Equal Shit by Slipknot. They're, they're bound to love that song. That was going to be, yeah, if I, if I was going to, yeah, if I was going to play something loud. Yeah. Absolutely play that. And I'm so happy we get to play that on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Or if we're ever going to get a strike, this is, this is the one it's worth it yeah. for. Um, yeah. I've seen that song live, and let me tell you, it, it will it will blow you away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got mine's simple. I only pits one sir, one song, and there's only two words you need to hear because if you want to bring over everyone, get everyone going. It's only two words you need, and it is Daru Sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good shout. <laughs> that is good to be fair. That's the sort of one yeah. that pulls them in because it's banging at first and then they're like after about a minute of it you're like actually this is really annoying get yeah, it's quite it. boring yeah. now <laughs> i like the <laughs> yeah, that was good yeah. Uh, but yeah i'm kind of bored of it now but yeah that's my my choice lovely what a lovely time we've had there um why don't we quickly emma i believe you got a quick endless search inside it's a uk agn crew yeah yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Emma, what sort of game we got? Oh, I hope you're ready. Okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> Suspense there. Okay, so I wanted to go with something kind of 1980s themed because I feel mm-hmm. like we've really got into that with this. Oh, podcast. Dale's got the upper hand. He was around. All right. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I feel like your knowledge on some of this stuff is. is probably I, yeah, good. I am quite knowledgeable, actually. Yeah, tell me more. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. All right. So this week we're going with a very short go on, name them. Lovely. Oh, okay. And we've got three categories. We're keeping it very broad, very simple. We're going 1980s movies, 1980s video games, and 1980s TV shows. And if you haven't heard us play this game before, basically you just bet how many you can name, and then eventually Mm -hmm. Simon or Dale will be like, all right, go on, name them then. And then we'll Mm -hmm. see if it actually. I hope when they run it it down, it's not just 80s. Yeah, I know, right? I can name it about 300. It's a sort of one where you get you go to name them and you're like, oh, I can't think of one now. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's that's that Star Wars called? I always so get that's... mixed up with like, because I would have been watching them in the 90s. Or, you know, that's like fair. when it's a very late 80s movie yeah. and you think it's yeah, in yeah. the 90s. Yeah. That's true. Um, so what what is the first category? Just 1980s movies. Oh, we can't however, do that. However, however, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Just go for it. No, because uh, it can go on forever. Slow. 
we can we, can we, can we narrow it from <laughs> we narrow it down? I mean, let's narrow it down a bit. I like narrow it down to horror like or something. If you want. Yeah. Would you prefer you action or what? horror? Um, I'm, I don't mind sci-fi. That's big eighties, isn't it? Sci-fi. Don't know. Yeah, I mean Stranger day? Things themed. Yeah, sci-fi. Go on, sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I don't know how many. Um, <laughs> um, Fifteen. I mean, oh, did you say fifteen? Yeah. Go on, name on, mate. <laughs> Go on, name on. I'm not going to bother trying thinking of fifteen sci-fi films. I was struggling to come up with seven in my head then. Oh, I thought I was betting low. Like, okay, yeah. oh, okay, I've got to think of them now, haven't I? Yeah, exactly. Slowly, so I can confirm the years, please. <laughs> okay, Emma, this does work better in future when it's way more specific. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. It's mad. <laughs> um, okay, Blade Run. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, aliens. Yeah. Are we confirming that? Is that, that is, is 1986. Okay. So that's two so far. Good. Uh, <laughs> you, it's sci-fi comedy. Ghostbusters is sci-fi, right? Are you counting that? Mm, I guess. Uh, yeah. I can. I can. I can move to. I. I'm asking the question. Would you count it? It's got ghosts. Do we want to go strictly sci-fi? It's more supernatural than sci-fi. Okay, that's that's fair. I guess it is paranormal. I mean, there is fictional sci-fi stuff in it, but that's fine. I will... I'll I'll go somewhere else. Um, Well, I'll just have Empire and Return of the Jedi. There we go. That's two more. Okay. Um, E.T. Yep. Back to the Future 1 and 2. Yeah. What is that? 7 we're up to, I think. I think so. Yeah. I think three might cross. I think three is in the nineties, so I'm gonna leave three in case I'm really desperate. Uh, Flight of the Navigator we talked about. Oh, oh, that's actually helping out. Yeah, nice. That's eight. Uh, and the last Starfire we talked about. Uh, yeah. Let's go, Akira. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's so That's many. Okay. I'm struggling at this bit as well, thinking about. So you got five more, yeah. Flash <clears throat> Gordon. That was in the eighties, was it? Yeah, I think it just gets in. It was eighty, nineteen eighty. Oh, just yeah. yeah. I thought it was like eighty-one, so yeah, I was cutting that a bit, a bit. Sorry, I said uh, Gremlins. Gremlins. We counting that as sci-fi? I think it is. Yeah. So that's 12. Uh, Horror fantasy, sure. actually, it says here. Yeah, so. Come on. This is exciting for everyone, yeah. isn't it? This is uh, Short Circuit. Oh, that's a good shout. <laughs> yeah, basics. Um, Two more. Sci-fi. Comedy. Brazil. <laughs> Brazil. I've gone all over say. the place here. Yeah. Um and we'll go with War Games. Oh. That's a good film. That's that's sci-fi, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. What a win. Um, <laughs> Back to the Future Free was nineteen ninety. Yeah. Oh, I see. I thought it was that. borderline. And to be I don't I don't really think it's that good. I don't think about it much. Could have said Gremlins too as well, mate. <laughs> See, that was one I was like, did that sneak into? Uh, I think that was 88, I think. Oh, okay. Well, 
There we go. Got it. So what, yeah. was, what was the second gag? <laughs> <laughs> video games. But we, can oh go with like, we can go with like Nintendo video games if you want. Uh, oh, that's for weak spot. Should we just say oh. I won the endless search? No, it's fine. Um, I didn't know how hard to make it because it's like, <laughs> as someone who wasn't it, like alive in the 80s, yeah, yeah. that's like, I would find it hard to but you need, you narrow need, down on categories. You need you know, categories like, where the subject matter is like a finite amount. Like, otherwise the betting just can get could get ridiculous, I guess. Um, I mean... Well, we should probably do a John... Uh, like, yeah, what did you say? Nintendo games for the 80s. Yeah. Okay, but you can bet first. Oh, okay. My problem is with this game, it's just, I know all these games, but my mind just goes completely blank and I can't think of them. Yeah. Um, and because I wasn't playing games in the 80s, some of these will definitely bleed into 90s. Yeah, well. that's the issue. Um, five. Seven. <laughs> uh, There's some series I reckon I can just rattle off a few of. Um, ten. Eleven. <laughs> it's getting tighter now. Um, it's more I don't want to make a fool of myself yeah, and say one that's completely exactly. wrong. Twelve. Thirteen. <laughs> that was confident, wasn't yeah. it? That was a very unsure thirteen. Fourteen. Here's where I'm going. I'm going to be getting slightly into guessing. I'll go 15. Again, why not 15? I think you can name them, Simon. No, I'm trying to push you at 16. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty confident that I can have all of these, which is the original Mario Brothers plus Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3. I think that's four. Let's have a look. That's, so... That is correct. How many games is that? Sorry. Four. Four. Mario Brothers plus the first three Super Mario. I believe that's right. This is what Google's telling me anyway. Well, Mario... I'm going to go one from... On the the NES, so yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like... Yeah, they're all... They're all late 80s, aren't they? Um, One for old school fans here. Duck Hunt. Nice. Three. I'll be there. Um, Oh, you got a technicality with Mario Brothers 3. It came out in Japan in 88, but America in 1990. Uh, well, yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> it came out in the 80s. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're Castle- up to five? Yeah, Castlevania. Castlevania was... Show me the series. I don't want that. Just believe me. It's an 80s Nintendo game. 86. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Metroid. These will all been around the same time. Mega Man 1, 2, and 3. That was going to be one of my tactics, just name a bunch of Mega Man games. (laughs) Pretty sure the first three. Check when 3 was. Mega Man 3 was. Google's telling me 1990. Maybe I've blown it. I should have stuck it too. It was 88. Um, when was it in Japan though? <laughs> <laughs> it says Japan September 28th, 1990. Oh, I've, I've screwed Sorry. up there. I didn't get to the Zeldas <laughs> or the Tetrises. Um, fair enough. I lost. Oh, well. <laughs> so Dale gets the point. Well done, Dale. Mm-hmm. All right. 
So that means that our last category is tiebreaker. TV shows. Do we want to go for a category again or I, a TV show? I'm going to be so bad on I these. Know, I, I'm struggling I, I to can't think. even think of anything. <laughs> Do you want to just show? keep it broad? Because that's. I feel like that's the hardest category. Yeah, I can. But we're also embarrassing yeah. ourselves more, Emma. If we make it specific, it's less embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what did they have to be like shows that were on in the 80s or they started in the 80s? So I don't know. If Literally you could have just turned on the TV and seen it on in the 80s, I would So, like, it could be a rerun? No. Okay, I think know. reruns were getting too we're getting too deep there. But if it was running, <laughs> it could have started. I think say like it started in the seventies, but it went into the eighties or nineties, and you could okay. have it. Yeah. I'm literally okay. struggling to think of like two. Yeah, this is. I'll, go with, I'll, I'll start with four. <laughs> just put the pressure on because then you can't do two, four, uh, five. You got your f- six, uh, seven. Nine. What have I done? Yeah, go on, name on me. (laughs) You shouldn't have done that, John. (laughs) Um, So it can have started before the eight years and carried on into the yeah i think if, like i said if you could have turned on the television and it was on oh I think that's fair enough you could just say tv okay. shows now so for example i'm saying does doctor who count <laughs> yeah. it was on throughout the 80s it didn't start in the 80s it started in like the when 60s. did it have its uh, exodus like period was that the 90s in the they 90s. took a break yeah. yeah who was like the 1980s wasn't it like sylvester mccoy doctor. was that 80s so apparently there were four different doctors in the eighties. Final. I feel like you know it was firmly on in the eighties. So the final episode was December eighty nine. That's not the final episode, is it? <laughs> no. Uh, um, I'm taking it anyway. They, I, I can see know. episodes. In I think 89. that's fair because the kids that grew up in the eighties probably would have been watching Doctor Who. Yeah. I've got two like tracks here, which is like like big brash. American 80s shows and like UK sitcoms. Yeah, Those are my two. I was UK sitcoms is where I was going to. The young ones, I'm pretty sure, is yes, 80s. Is. I think that is the 80s, yeah. I'm pretty sure Blackadder started in the 80s. 82 for young ones. Blackadder, oh, I don't know. That might be a 90s. I think late 80s was Blackadder, isn't um, it? 83. To it's 89. early 80s. Oh, God. Is it? Jesus. Um, so that's three then Then so I'm going for my other track. Which is America. Let's go with Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah. I've got a funny story about that show. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's kind like, of funny. So, you know how you have like all your home videos and stuff? Yeah. We had like tons and tons of tapes from when like my sister and I were small because we were both born in the 90s. And, mm-hmm. um, but my dad really, really loves Quantum Leap. So like he managed to tape over like maybe three or four hours of our home videos with that oh show. My God. Oh my god! So it no. gets to a certain point on one of our birthdays, and then it just switches to that. Did you think like Sam Beckett was your uncle or something? <laughs> yeah, we watched it. It's like an episode of course. Um, okay, Knight Rider. Oh, good shot. Just trying to think of the most eighties things in my mind. I think I want to say that's so many of these. Absolutely eighties. Yeah, eighties. So many of these Uh, feels like they could they could be late seventies to early nineties, and it's always like, uh, where is it? Where's it? Um, Continuing like this has to be eighties. Magnum PI. Look at the moustache. That is eighties. Then it's just so I don't know where the mind should go. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to Britain. I'm pretty sure this was 80s Red Dwarf. 
Oh, uh, it went into nineties, but I'm pretty sure it started. 80s. I always associate that with nineties. Feel like that's the nineties. Oh, eighty-eight. Yep. Oh, nice. It gets in nice. there. Uh, how many more do I need here? I'm just. I think I want to say it's two. I think you're up to. <laughs> no, wait. How many did you? Was it nine? You bet. Yeah. Um, I think you've named seven. If I've been counting yeah. correctly. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh, <laughs> the A team. Oh, good shout! <laughs> I was obsessed with the A team when I was little. And last one. <laughs> Do I go back to Britain? I don't know where I go. I'm trying to think of more just big. When the net is so wide, it's re- it makes it harder. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm no? Cheers. Ah, oh, there you go. That is. There we go. What, what a journey we went on there. Surprised didn't say it only falls on horses. I can't. I associate. Oh, yeah, it was throughout the 80s, wasn't it? Was yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I consider that. Yeah. Very true. Big one, that. Um, well, there we go. I win. Unlucky dad. <laughs> I didn't guess a single one. You didn't do anything there. You know? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Right. What what time are we on? God, we're already running long. Yeah. Right, let's get to some feedback. Okay. Quickly, Dale. Yeah, this is from, Quickly. This is from Sam Hall. And Sam Hall says, Hello. A bit late to the trend with this one, but with all this talk about red velvet cake and cheesecakes, etc., I thought I just had to write in to mention one of, nay, the best cake of all time. The dime chocolate cake with crunchy caramel. So uh, Sam sent us a picture of this as well. And it does is this look... This is the frozen one, it right? It does look Have you had this? delicious. Yeah. I've not tried this, but I've seen it so many times in like, Tesco and Sainsbury's. You can't go wrong mm. with a dime bar. He says, now I don't know what constitutes a cake legally. <laughs> this, <laughs> well, it's called a cake. Uh, this light chocolatey slice of heaven certainly isn't what you'd come up with if you typed cake into Adobe stock photo. But alas, it says cake on the box, so a cake it is. I think that's fair. Um, if any of you have already had this, would you have known that this belongs... Sorry, if any of you had had this already, you'd know that it belongs at the top of a self-respecting cake list. So I can only assume none of you have tried it. So go to the shops right now and get one. You will not <laughs> regret it. Also, don't forget to let it defrost a little bit before eating mm. or if you do, or if if you like a bit of crunch. Uh, Definitely defrost. Yeah. <laughs> Promise this isn't an ad. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Respect to all the grave diggers who just so happen to be in the sea right now. Oh, that's out good. Yeah. Um, I have had that cake once before. Do you know what? It was good. It's not top <laughs> tier for me. Then again, I have the controversial opinion there of also thinking red velvet cake's not that amazing. No, it looks delicious, but I've just noticed on the box it says almondy. Um, oh, yeah. Well, it's Dying Bar, isn't it? I don't think... You don't it... like nuts, do you? No, yeah. Sorry, so that's, that's ruined Dime it for Bar me. Dying Bar's little bits of almond, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I've not mm. tried this before, but I'm interested. You're selling it to me, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Get some in. Do you know what? A nice frozen cake might be good for these hot days as well. Yeah, it could be like a nice, you know, like after a barbecue at the weekend. Mm. Do you know what? I've got some Calippos in the freezer. I've got got a uh, Magnum. um, What's the one that Joe recommended? The Oh, Oh, like the double golden whatever. The caramel millionaires shortbread. I've got one of those in the freezer. I think I'm going to have it for lunch. That's a good lunch. (laughs) Just that. (laughs) Just that. Nice and healthy. Uh, I've got some pasta as well. Uh, What email have you got, Emma? So this is from Callum. Callum says, hi, gang. Would love your thoughts on the recent reveal that the God of War special edition does not come with a physical copy. Personally, I think this sucks. (laughs) Just my opinion. 
Normally, this would be a take my money kind of situation, but this feels like I would be spending a ton of money on an incomplete package. And I know, me being me, I would go out and spend more money on a physical copy just to make it feel complete on my shelf. What are your thoughts? Keep up the great work and respect the sea. Mm. I, I didn't know that it didn't come with it. So that is weird. That is a that thing. It wouldn't come with the actual game. That, but that does happen. Yeah, it happens quite a lot, right? I feel like that's been happening for about 10 years. Yeah, yeah. it is weird because, yeah, like, I know a lot of people, well, especially as we've now got, what, half the PlayStation 5 sold, or the discless version, yeah. I know they're trying to get people to lean that way, but still, yeah, if I'm ordering the physical, especially if you're paying, what, it's probably like 200 quid for those probably biggest editions. You just expect like, it to be in there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Even if you yeah. didn't necessarily want it, it's like, it should Especially just be in if the you box. just want to put that in, if you've waited that long for it to be delivered, you want to put that disc in and play, not get a code and then wait another two hours for it to download. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um... I can't wait for that game, though, I will tell you that. Are special editions ever worth buying, though? I, I've i only ever really bought one, and I regret it. I actually bought that Fallout 4 Pip-Boy one oh, with the really yeah. plasticky Same. Pip-Boy. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. It does look good and on a shelf, opened... to be fair. It looks great. Yeah. yeah, it looks all right, but then I was just like... What have I bought this for? <laughs> it's just plastic. Yeah, ever since, I'm like... I assume... My phone I've didn't not even fit in since. there as well at the time. <laughs> it was literally just to have it. Yeah. There, there are the odd ones. They're more in... I never buy... Because you never know if you're truly going to love the game. Like, in hindsight, if I knew I'd love Elden Ring as much as it want, like, to get that special edition with the Melania statue, I'd have been like, that would have been very nice. I guess it... But I didn't know I was going to love it. I guess it depends so. on how good the statue or figurine is. Exactly. And how, like, if you can buy it separately, if it's a limited edition thing. I assume the Mjolnir with this special edition is just mm-hmm. plastic. Is that... I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I've not overly researched. Well, imagine if Mjolnir. it's metal. It's quite heavy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um... Yeah. Like if it's plus, uh, is that good? I don't know. I I just I'm not mm. the sort of person that buys special editions. Basically, yeah. I love What's a the good best? special edition. I've mm. got the Elden Ring one. Do. Oh yeah. Did you get the Melania? I did. Yeah. Uh, it looks it. great on a shelf. That's the thing. We've got a shelf of all like amiibo and stuff as well. So it's cool to mm. have these like big figures next to them. And like I've got one from Dark Souls Three, and it looks like I've sort of positioned it so it looks like. The um, Lord of Cinders fighting with Link. <laughs> Looks really cool. It's a battle we all want to see. How old are you? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Five, I think. I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna come around your house and steal Melania. That's, I do that's feel like with me, like I've got some toys behind me, but I feel like I only buy things like once it's established with me that I love that game or I love that series, yeah, and then I, I want to buy mean. something to celebrate that. That's what I was, yeah, like. Like that's, I think that's part of the regret of the Fallout One is that I like Fallout Four. Mm. It's not the masterpiece I thought it was going to yeah. be before I played it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If you uh, got any good special edition stories, send them in to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com. We're already God. We're already been running for an hour and a half, uh, but we are going to do a little strange thing spoiler section just because we promised it, and it would be rude not to. Yeah. So if you finished Strange Things season four, hang around now. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Why did Eddie have to die? It made his character great, but I wanted more Eddie. Yeah, I really liked him. Because someone has to die for the sacrifice, and it's always going to be the new character they wrote I, in at the start of the season. Like, I honestly thought they killed Max, and that yeah. would have been a real hammer blow, because she is, like we said, one of the best characters. And I'm like, but they're obviously copping out of that one as yeah. well. She's going to wake yeah, up. Yeah, they should have committed to it. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. We all agree Max killed is Will. Great. Oh. <laughs> Will, I'm sure he's going to be very, very important in season yeah, five. Of course, yeah. we've actually got um, 
any a piece of feedback about Will, which is asking some questions. So this is from Sean, who says, Duck Hunt. <laughs> that helped me with the game earlier, actually. Yeah. Actually, I lost that round, so it didn't really help at all. <laughs> uh, I'll try to keep this short. A lot of friends and family are a little confused by Will's emotions. Throughout. I like to think you've been really discussing with all your friends and family. Um, <laughs> are a little confused by Will's emotions throughout the full season. Some think he's in love with Eleven. Others think he's in love with Mike. But as it, as it suggests, towards the end. I think he's emotional because he's still connected to the Upside Down world and therefore still feels what is happening. What do you make of this? Was his emotional state not properly explained? His character is a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. I think I fall on the side of maybe he is in love with Mike. Mm. I don't know. So I I, if, I didn't get that vibe at all until I read other people talking about it. I was like, okay, that makes perfect yeah. sense. But in the in the moment, I just thought he was upset about what he's lost, <laughs> his childhood that's yeah. lost, that he was not ready to grow up yet. There's, there has always been... like. People have always like theorized, oh, is Will gay for not? I don't think there's ever been any like strong like suggestions. Like, definitely like, explicitly said with Robin's character, she is gay. Yeah. So, like, but obviously, you know, it might be the story of a young teen coming out, which I'm sure is a lot more complicated than mm. just explicitly saying it. But I don't know if that is the story they're going for. If he's, yeah, because obviously it's probably related to the scene in the car where he just like yeah. starts bawling his eyes out. Like, is that. Yeah, I'd, yeah like, I was yes, trying to work emotional. out what but, is he... Uh, yeah, him. but I've... I mean, you're the Will expert. What is <laughs> yeah. going on? So case? I did read an interview with Variety. Um, okay. Noah Schnapp, it was, is it? Will Unpacked. Yeah, yeah. Noah, yeah. Noah was basically saying, like, they leave it so you can interpret it. Either the way Dale did of, like, you know, he's leaving his child behind, like, childhood behind. Um, mm-hmm. Not child, he doesn't have a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> um, would be a twist. That would be a big twist. Um, or, yeah, that he might be gay. I think they're, they're not saying outright which one okay it is they're trying to keep it open um but yeah like personally maybe they don't know when i was watching i got the impression that he does you know he really likes mike you know he did like that painting and stuff and then he got mm-hmm. really emotional and mm. then also his conversation with jonathan as well where jonathan's really supportive um he seems to yeah. kind of you know it's kind of like it, it's left unsaid but he he knows where he's coming from and um i really i really like that moment with the two of them like i couldn't say that earlier because spoilers yeah. but like I love that they had that moment and that he was there for him. He was, you know, he kind of, he said at that point in time as well, like I've been absent and I've been doing my own thing and kind of been disconnected from you. And like, I just want you to know that I am actually here. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was lovely. I'd like Will to turn heel in season five. It takes over his body. Uh, starts killing everyone. He just, he's like, this Give him something interesting to Yeah, this Ventnor's making a lot of good points here. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, now I, I guess with the painting thing, though, that was commissioned by Eleven, though, right? She asked him to commission. <laughs> like, <laughs> she did. So, she commissioned like, him to, freelance. She feed, literally yeah. did. He said, like, Eleven asked me to do it for. So, like, I don't know if I'd read too much about him drawing. Yeah. Um, Mike in that particular, unless, oh, who knows? But um, yeah. I guess for me, it's because he kept referring to oh, I'd love it forever for us to just be playing Dungeons and Dragons and mm. hanging out. He, he, I don't think he was necessarily, he didn't feel like he was talking about them too. He felt like he was talking about the collective of them. Yeah, maybe he feels like his childhood's been taken yeah, away. That's, that yeah, that's, that was Maybe Will is the best character. No. <laughs> but, um, but I think it's, an, you know, I think he's going to be an interesting character in the next season for seeing him because obviously the tease at the end, his connection still to the Mind Flayer. Also with the Mind Flayer, like, let's get some clarity here. Is, He's still about. Is, right? is the implication that um, Henry created the mind flare or like morphed it or is so in I control of like, it? Um, discovered it. 
I knew he discovered it, but is he is he in control of it or is he? Oh, I think I think it's the other way around. Isn't like Vecna almost like his like? Well, that's what the kids were saying at the start of the show. But towards the end, I got the impression it was more because Will's saying like, "Oh, I can still feel Vecna. He's still attached to me." Like Vecna was in control of. We don't. Do we even see the mind flare once in this? Just at that one scene when um, when Henry comes across it. Yeah, like even right at the end, like you see Hawkins basically on fire. Yeah. yeah. Is, is the rest of the world at this point not going, what's going yeah. on here? Why are they obsessed with Hawkins? They're kind <laughs> of quite relaxed. Like, even yeah, though, all, you know, they're, they're in the school and stuff. Like, they like say, getting... like, 20 people died. It's like an earthquake and a part of They've kind probably of just the world that, that never has. Yeah. And that wasn't just an earthquake. There was yeah. magma piling out of everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't just happen. Also, it was a portal. Do you not think the odd person might have, like, <laughs> fell into it yeah. and gone into the upside down? They do say, like, 20 people died or something. Yeah. Um... um but like I think we were alluding to it before, like Dustin has some great moments at the end. Not only when Eddie dies, that great moment, but the bit where he's talking to his dad is his like uncle, a yeah. Bit as well, yeah, his uncle. Oh, his uncle, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's fantastic in that scene. Like, and but that also, it was like Eddie is truly like not getting his hero's moment until that happens because obviously mm-hmm. he's still dismissed as you know the person who's caused these things and like a, yeah. an enemy of the of Hawkins, whereas. Um, seeing that moment where his uncle can truly appreciate the hero that he was is like super powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. They absolutely yeah. had to have that moment for him. Otherwise, yeah. I think everyone would just feel so cheated out of well, it because like he was he was so good, but everyone everyone in that town ended up hating him. But then I, I'm glad, yeah, I'm just really glad that that uh, overly stereotype jock lad died. Yeah. He got ripped up in half. Yeah. He was just an idiot. That's like, oh, that was just... brutal. Yeah, his like, rib cage was just melting. It's mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. Um, what were we've got any more deep dives on Argyle before we go? Um, uh, not really. Except for oh, the tire yeah. tracks moment. <laughs> I, I wanted to. I wanted to mention Argyle. So like he has a lot. Of, <laughs> I'm going back to him. All right. Um, he has a lot of like his funny moments and stuff, and he had the moment that like upset Dale as well, which we talked about. But <laughs> I feel like he he becomes incredibly useful when they're out in the middle of nowhere in the desert mm. and they're like oh you know eleven needs to get into like the zone and you know go and piggyback and he's he completely facilitates that like moment where he's like okay i know how to do this i know how we can actually get this sorted so his you know going to the pizza place and all that that's all him he makes it happen he's he becomes really useful in that one moment he did and I, I mean that's nice he did fluke up upon it <laughs> he just saw the pizza shop oh yeah it was like, oh yeah well, that mad scene where there's just a whole SWAT team shooting up their house not oh, yeah. that, that was weird and then they just managed to get away in a pizza van like, what is this military unit that was uh, cool the way that was shot as well I really liked how they did it. Yeah, it was, it was a really cool scene, like in terms of like you didn't expect that location to be turned into mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and yeah, it definitely felt like at that point the stakes were a lot higher, you know. Yeah. I really liked the scene as well. It looked like it was done pretty practically as well. The bit where Eleven just pulls down the helicopter, that bit was that was a very cool shot. Yeah, uh, yeah, well done to him. Yeah, I thought I feel like, we, I thought, like well, a big compliment. I think is I don't know how you guys feel about it, but in part one, not at any point did I put together henry and one until it was explicitly shown to me like yeah like that really a lot caught me off guard. a lot of tv shows it was it was a good yeah, yeah a lot a of tv twist. shows you feel the twist coming and it makes sense right this one makes sense but i just didn't <clears> see it coming at all i didn't see it coming i'm almost slightly on the other side of it as like i could have done with a slightly more of a hint or slightly more time with him okay. to try and at least given some sort of breadcrumb or given like yeah. but i still i still like although nitpick he had that little gizmo in his neck 
that like mm. he said was stopping him using his powers. Um, yeah. But that was very much on the surface. You couldn't just pick up a knife and dig that thing out at some point. Argyle would have done that. Argyle would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good stuff. Strange Things season four is very good. Not getting season five until 2024. So Blimey. a while to wait. I think but, it's yeah. good though. I think what's cool with the end of this season is that. It's all kind of kicking off for them where they're not going to have a break at all, these characters. And because of that, we're going to dive straight into season five. Like, I don't think it's going to have anywhere near as much of a build up at the beginning of season five. I think mm-hmm. we're going to be straight into stuff. Yeah, there's no time to just be kids in the 80s anymore. They've got to get straight into yeah. Down to business. Yeah. yeah. Whereas for us, what is quite nice is I feel mm-hmm. like season four ended in a way where I'm satisfied where it's left off. And because it was like quite long and those last two episodes were you know mm-hmm. movies basically um i'm happy that we as the audience we get to have a bit of a break and i like that when we go back it's straight back into it which will be yeah. cool i do and it's just so well made in general i think just like the actual like effects i know it's like the most expensive tv show at this point i think but like yeah just it, it looks so good i do worry with the new season that it's maybe going to be so breakneck that it you know we ha- we don't have those great Stranger Things moments like in the start of this season we had with Eleven being at school and like dealing with mm. the bully and stuff. I don't think we're going to have any of those sort of moments. Yeah, it could all be quite. Yeah, I don't think they'll go too po face of it, but yeah, it could run the risk of being a bit, bit serious. But yeah, yeah I'm in, I'm into it. Yeah, I think with this with the upcoming season, season five, the Duffer Brothers have said like they want to kind of go full circle and go back to some of the pairings they had with season mm-hmm. one, which will re- be really nice. Yeah. So I think yeah. it'll be nice to have that sort of like you know, a nice yeah, tidy the, ending the core probably. Kids together. And I, yeah. You know what? I I wouldn't be surprised. I'm putting it out there now. I think they'll do a run, a season five run, and then because Netflix are all about cinema oh. as well these days. Last ever episode in the cinemas, they'll do it as a film, I think, like a cinema release. Didn't I, I swear I read something yesterday saying that the talk of doing a Stranger Things movie at some point. I mean, it, we can't, they basically have at this point made about three movies, yeah. but yeah, I know. But yeah, it could be that case. Yeah, mm. here we go. Next week, we're going to be talking all about Thor. Have uh, already seen Thor? I think it's all right, but you'll hear much more <laughs> about it next week. If you've got any Thor questions, send them into IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Another very long episode, but, you know, it was good fun. Yeah. Good to actually delve deep into some stuff. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I liked it. It was a good, good yeah. chat. And, the, and the, um, the ranking as well, that's obviously definitive. There's nothing exactly. that anyone needs to say. Dustin was number one. Emma, we agreed, right? Oh, I see. I see how it is now. <laughs> yeah. After so all my trying. Emma, Emma brought to this podcast was Dustin at 14, <laughs> Will at one, and Crazy Frog. Are you happy with yourself? Shaking it up, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it was a pleasure, kind of. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.